You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome along to the Week 10 Recap Show. I hope you've all had a good Week 10. No one were down at Wembley for that Jaguars versus Cowboys game. Or, uh, wasn't very competitive all the same, but... We're back here for another show. It's me, Colm. I have DJ here alongside me, and we're going to recap all the games of this week. So uh, DJ had a quiet kind of week of it with the Patriots on a bye week, like I was last week the Packers. But I enjoyed watching the Packers' victory, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit, DJ. Quite a comprehensive beating off the Chicago Bears. But how was your weekend? I know we watched a, a number of the games together this weekend, and uh, it's looking good so far for us in our Money League fantasy football-wise anyway. Yeah, very good weekend, Colm, even though the Patriots weren't playing. I was keeping my eye on a number of players from different teams, hoping to get big points. And thankfully, Jay Cutler and the Chicago Bears still thought they were on a bye week <laughs> when they took on the Packers this week. Massive points for me from Aaron Rodgers, and hopefully that's me back in with a slim chance of making it into the playoffs in our money league. Speaking of other leagues, DJ, of course, we have the OTI Dynasty League, uh, which we have set up this year, and a, a number of other OTI leagues going as well. We're going quite well in uh, the majority of them, but unfortunately we're not going too well this weekend, as Broad Sutherland, one of the writers on OvertimeIreland.com, writes for another, a number of other sites as well, including the Alexa Last Word in Sport, who we're about to plug in a minute, and the Bleacher Report. So, Brad, give us a bit of a spanking this week in the, the OTI League, and uh, we'll be back for some revenge in the coming weeks as we try and uh, get a title in that one. But a lot of fun with the fantasy football, a lot of fun talking with you guys on Twitter about fantasy football, and uh, a lot of fun just all around this weekend. Really enjoyed it overall. And I guess, DJ, without further ado, we'll go into the little plugs to start the show. We have Last Word in Sport. They're one of our partners here, and they help promote Overtime Ireland each and every week, as I always mention. I hope you've checked them out at this stage. Their website is Last Word on Sport. Their Twitter handle is at Last Word on Sport, and they have you covered for all sports as the names do suggest. The other Twitter handles we like to plug is at Overtime Ireland. That's our Twitter handle, and of course, a lot of you there over the weekend getting in touch with us about players who are looking for big games in fantasy, teams who are looking forward to watching, score predictions for our t-shirt competition, more on that coming up later in the show. But lots of stuff going on, and uh, great to get in touch with you on the at Overtime Ireland Twitter handle. Obviously as well, the website is OvertimeIreland.com, articles going up there each and every day of the week, so be sure and check that out as well, but... You know, to the people who are here, I'm sure they're here to not listen to us talking about our website all the time. They're here to listen to us talk about the NFL games of Week 10. So let's get in to the NFL Week 10 recap. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. So, DJ, we had the Week 10 games and they're in the books, but we're here to talk about them, break some of them down. And uh, which game do you want to start off the, the recap this week with? Well, Colin, I suppose we'll start off the... Recap, of course, with the game that you really want to talk about. And normally it's Bears that tend to do the mauling, but the Green Bay Packers absolutely mauled the Chicago Bears. Better rivalry here, Common, like I was with when the Patriots beat Denver last week. I'm sure you weren't disappointed by the margin of victory for the Packers. No, it was a really uh, comfortable victory, DJ. I was expecting to be a little more fight put up by the Bears here, but Packers in recent times have really owned this rivalry, and uh, Jay Cutler hasn't had much success against the Packers since he moved to Chicago from Denver, and uh, it was really, really comfortable here. Started off quite well. They went for it in fourth and goal for the Packers. It was a decision that, you know, you're down two yards out, and, you know, if you miss it there, I suppose we'll be talking today, but it was a bad decision. But they get it on fourth down, they, they get it to the tight end, they get a pick up a, a touchdown there, and from then there was no real looking back. A few big touchdowns to Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb with an absolutely spectacular catch uh, for, I think that was the, the fifth or the maybe the sixth catch uh, of the game 
as a touchdown pass from Rodgers but it was uh, very very easy in the end and you know some of the the defensive play by the the Bears was utterly a shambles and Nelson was wide open about 15 yards of space for both his touchdowns and a player his caliber we know that he shouldn't get as much room as that and uh, just very very poor you know play on the defensive side of the ball by the Bears and the other big play coming from screen past Eddie Lacy which he took the distance for a, for a touchdown and you know we had Packers pushing downfield defensive linemen getting their blocks and so on and so forth but I didn't see enough work right there from the Bears I know I'm a Packers fan I took great joy in seeing it happen but you know when you're trying to look at the game tape and see what's happening just very very disappointing from the Bears in that point of view and I'm sure that there's big big questions from the, the Bears fans about what's going on with this team whether Jay Cutler's the right man obviously he got a contract at the start of the season and there's a lot of question marks up in the air him and Tressman and how all things are going to go around as we as we progress forward Clay Matthews playing in the kind of new defensive role at inside linebacker he's usually outside linebacker for the Packers trying to do a bit more rushing to the passer but this time he was dropping into coverage he was trying to stop the run and he was obviously getting pressure on the quarterback too but very very impressive from Clay Matthews and uh, one of the best games I've seen him playing for the Packers so it'll be interesting to see long term how this kind of experiment works out for them and uh, I thought Julius Peppers another fantastic game putting real real pressure Onto Jay Cutler, he had one where he had a, a sack, a strip fumble, and a fumble recovery. So kind of hat trick there for Julius Peppers, who you know former Bears player. I think he's been really, really a key piece of the defense for the Packers and this season, and he's he's really impressed me since he's come in. He's working very, very hard, and you know I think this defense is starting to round into shape. They had a number of injuries at cornerback there for a few weeks, but getting a few key pieces back, and I thought they were very impressive in this game. Up 45-0 DJ and uh, Rodgers taking out of the game in the third quarter. So it was a very comfortable win and uh, Bears getting 14 points in kind of garbage time, I suppose we'll call it. But uh, there has to be questions asked off the, the Chicago Bears and what they're doing at the moment. And, you know, the Packers are going onwards and upwards. Go Pack, go. Very comfortable, Colin. 14-point victory for the Baltimore Ravens. 21-7 victory over the Tennessee Titans. Another good game for Justin Forsett, the veteran running back, seems to have evolved his game this year and is much more patient, and it seems to be benefiting him. Yeah, he's uh, you know having a career year at the moment, and he's, he's looking good. But you mentioned there, DJ, a, a, a comfortable victory for the Ravens. Well, this game with uh, in the fourth quarter, I think, was seven apiece, so two late touchdowns. I think it was for the Ravens to see this up. I was just watching clips of this as it was happening, but you know that there that there shows that sometimes the score can put it out of perspective we'll see coming up in the Cardinals game that was another game that got out of hand very quickly but the Baltimore Ravens getting the win they needed to win to stay in touch in that division and the the Tennessee Titans are going nowhere this season really Zach Mettenberger and uh, again and I wasn't uh, too impressed with him you know he was all right in the first quarter but after that he he wasn't too hot overall and you know they had a, a concussion to um, Delaney Walker and he he missed the majority of the game with that concussion so it'll be you know see when he comes back into the game he had a concussion last year as well so Hopefully he's okay back uh, and back on the field as soon as possible. But the, the Titans are having a tough season of it. They had a chance early in the game to go seven up and they, they got the ball down with Bishop Sankey down to the one-yard line, handed a uh, switched uh, running back. And the ball was fumbled then by Sean Green as he tried to go over the goal line. So, you know, there was a number of key areas in this game where the, where the Titans could have done better. But, you know, the, the, the game got away from them towards the end as the, as the Ravens put up those two late touchdowns to seal the victory. Mentioned at the start of the show column, my New England Patriots weren't playing this week and... It was a great weekend for Patriots fans, even though they weren't playing with the Kansas City Chiefs getting a 17-13 victory over the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this is, is this the end of the road, DJ, for the Kyle Orton revival train, or what are we going to see in the in the coming weeks? But they had, obviously, the issues with um, Sammy Watkins picking up an injury during practice during the week, but he played. He uh, For most of the day, he was ineffective, but caught a few catches then towards the end of the game, but wasn't enough for the team in the end, and... Uh, 
Same with Fred Jackson. He came back a bit earlier from injury than expected. But, you know, it wasn't really the running game was the issue. But there was a big play on a key running play when Ron Parker, uh, who was playing for the Chiefs, he had quite, quite a good game here. And he had a lot of hustle on the play. And Bryce Brown had a, had a nice-looking run. Looked like he was going in for the score. And he was able to knock the ball out. And then Scott Chandler had a chance to recover it in the end zone. that went out the, out the back of the end zone. So Chiefs got a bit of a break there with a, a very good play on the defensive side. But... You know, those issues here, the, the the Bills could have won this game. They were leading quite a good way through. And, you know, Alex Smith got a rushing touchdown to seal the game. And Jamal Charge had a rushing touchdown before that. So, they, uh, overall, the Chiefs, I think, deserved to win this game. I thought the defence stepped up. And uh, the Buffalo Bills, D, as well, were quite good. Put a lot of pressure on Alex Smith, as I said. He got hit quite a number of times. And, you know, the Bills, D line, we know what we're getting from them every time. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. But uh, just the offensive side of the ball, did you not enough coming out. And, you know, Kyle Orton's been very good. You know, in in comparison to what Kyle Orton you're expecting off him since he came in for EJ Manuel, but he uh, he didn't do enough in this game to get a win for the Bills. And as you mentioned, a good result for the Patriots is you know it helps them. Looks like they're going to run away with that division at the moment. But the Chiefs need you know a sneaky playoff contender and a, a team you know that's looking for a wild card spot. And you know I mentioned this on the preview podcast. They're definitely not going for the number one overall pick, which I predicted at the start of the season. So definitely one I got wrong there. Come another blow to a team in the AFC East who are looking to take advantage of the Patriots not playing this week and that's the Miami Dolphins. They lost to the Detroit Lions 2016 with Calvin Johnson returning for the Lions and getting 113 yards, 7 catches and a touchdown. Yeah, DJ, this is a game that we were sitting watching and, you know, with very different perspectives of who we wanted to win it. The Lions, obviously, and the Packers going, you know, head-to-head for that division and the Dolphins had a bit of a revival. They were looking like they could potentially put some pressure on the New England Patriots, but uh, a good one here for the, the Detroit Lions who, you know, something that they haven't shown in recent years are coming back very late in games to, to win games and, you know, this was another game where they got that score inside the last minute of the game to, to pick up the win. A throw from Stafford to Theo Riddick to, to get the victory and, you know, Calvin Johnson was back, helped their offense, particularly in the first half, and it was 10-3 at halftime, and, you know, the Dolphins weren't getting much going on offense, they had a few issues, and I think, uh, you know, they, they were much better in the second half, but just didn't have enough. I think the home field advantage really helped here too, but Detroit, another big win for them, Calvin Johnson's back now, another good game for Golden Tate, he had 109 yards and 11 catches, so, you know, he's still got his, his workload, and Calvin got kind of steadily moved into the game, he had one massive touchdown catch, and, you know, there's another big play in this where... Brett Grimes, who I thought had a terrific game this week, and he's really underrated as a, as a cornerback in the league at the moment. But he had a few great plays, including the uh, interception he got a, on, a, on a pass targeted to Calvin Johnson. He picked it off just uh, outside of the end zone off the Miami Dolphins. So anyone that hasn't seen that play, make sure you go and check it out. But really, really uh, athletic play and one of, the, one of the best interceptions you're going to see all year. But I think uh, going, DJ, on how you're talking about the Patriots, I think this year was a real swing of momentum towards them. I think they'll win that division easily now. And you know, the Packers are playing the Lions very late in the season. I think it might actually be week 17, and you know, that could be one that uh, the division all comes down to for, for the Packers and the Lions, but another big one here for Detroit, as much as it hurts me to say. San Francisco 49ers, Colin, getting a 27-24 victory over the New Orleans Saints. This was a good game all round for me from a fantasy point of view, but Jimmy Graham had a 50-yard Hail Mary touchdown nullified by the officials for... <laughs> An offensive pass interference, but as Jimmy says himself, it was a abysmal call according to him. Yeah, well, DJ, I think you and Jimmy agree. This was another one that we had a very different point of view on as we were watching the games. I thought it was clearly a, a push. I know, you know, there's a bit of a 
a flop, maybe you'll call it, but there's no doubt about it. The, both hands go into the back. Jimmy Graham's not a small man. I think if he pushed any of us in the back, we would fall over as well. So, you know, it was a long throw down. I think Jimmy didn't even have to put his hands up. I think if he went and high-pointed the ball, you know, try and catch it at his highest point, I don't think anyone else would have bet him to it. So I think, you know, maybe if he had another chance to do it, he wouldn't have put his hands on the defensive player's back at all. So that was an interesting move. But very, very disappointing here for the Saints, who then drew Brees in overtime, had the ball twice in the second time, got hit held the ball too long and you know they, they recovered the fumble and kicked the field goal to, to seal the victory. I, I thought um, this was a big, big stand by the, the 49ers. Their season was really, really on the line. You know, the Saints hadn't lost at home in two seasons and are very, very impressive at home in the Superdome. So big one here for the 49ers after a hugely disappointing loss last week to the Rams. And, you know, it came down to that, you know, Rams stand on the goal line last week in Levi Stadium. And, you know, the, the 49ers are struggling at home, but it's a good one for them here on the road. And, We'll see what happens going forward. As we know, we're going to be talking in a minute. Both the Cardinals and the Seahawks won uh, this week as well. So it was very, very important. I think if they had lost this game, they were well and truly out of the, the playoff hunt. So a big one here for the 49ers. We'll see what they do going forward. But Frank Gore had a big game here. A lot more uh, went a lot more back to basics running the ball, as I thought they should do. And you know, Kaepernick had some rushing yards. They got lucky DJ 4th and 10, a massive play to Michael Crabtree. A long pass. I think it was a 52-yard completion. And, you know, that shouldn't have been given up by the Saints either. So when they go to look to film, you know, today, tomorrow, and, you know, set up their game plan for next week, they're going to be very disappointed at some of the stuff they see on the on the film. So just a, a bad, bad result here for the Saints. I'm sure their fans aren't too happy about it. And I suppose the, the 49ers will be happier this week than they were last week with that loss to the Rams. Yeah, Colin, the 49ers got a victory in the game as well as an Oscar nomination for that. <laughs> Flop, Jimmy Graham did put his hands on the player, but I think there was... Flop of the year, maybe, I if think, the NFL uh, want to. I definitely think this is one that we're going to definitely not agree on today's show on DJ, because definitely was a penalty. Big win column for Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys in London. Quite a lot of our listeners were tweeting us saying they were at the game, and 31-17 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, did you quite a lot of the listeners down at the game, and getting some pictures tweeted in on that, and one that I really enjoyed getting in was from Flunkster, as he's calls himself on Twitter, not sure what his real name is, but at Fred Flunk, and uh, he sent us in a picture. He won one of the OTI t-shirt competitions a few weeks back, and he wore his uh, OTI t-shirt down to the game, so I was really uh, impressed to see that. He's down spreading the word off Overtime Ireland, so I hope you're all spreading the word of Overtime Ireland down at the game as NFL UK was ramping up more coverage and more uh, excitement down in Wembley, but a big, big win here for the Cowboys. Quite a very, very easy one for them in the end, and Tony Romo, you know, those questions about his back and so on and so forth looked very good. Didn't have to throw too many deep balls overall during the game, and, you know, the the running game helped him, and DeMarco Murray, another game with 100 yards, so impressive from DeMarco again. Des Bryant ran the show here, and, you know, uh, he had 158 yards and two touchdowns off six catches in just a 15-minute span, and basically him and Romo sat out, looked... uh, Nice and calm towards the end of the game as they took a rest before their flight back to Dallas. But uh, a big one here. Jacksonville again, you know, started off quite well, kept the game close at the start, but the game got away from them. And Blake Bartles is still making the same mistakes that he was making three or four weeks ago. He's not really improving. And, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole are still, you know, they'll stay in the game for a certain amount of time and then it just gets away from them. It's nearly the same story every week, each and every week. You can nearly write the script before the game starts. You know it's going to happen. And, you know, there's a, a number of disappointing things happening for them each and every week the the running game's getting going a little bit better for them and you know they're they're still playing hard but at some stage uh, i mentioned with ross tucker on last week's show um or on the preview show sorry that they're they're going to have to turn it around at some stage and start picking up wins they can't just keep picking up losses each and every week and gus bradley we both thought was doing a good job but 
yet again it's another loss and how long will the the management and so on stick with that i think he's safe through this year but you know next year they're going to have to start looking to get wins because you know there's far too many uh, losses in the in the l column for them and not enough w so tony romo uh, gets another full week now to recover and you know i'm sure fantasy owners are delighted that demarco murray is getting a full week to recover everyone was worried about him getting injured he hasn't had this much of a you know workload in the season before he hasn't stayed this healthy all season before so you know he's getting a week off now and a lot of his owners will be hoping that come the next few weeks in the fantasy playoffs he'll be putting up big numbers and helping them maybe get a title because he's had a fantastic season so well deserved break now for the Dallas Cowboys as they you know try and make their push for the playoffs in the, in the coming weeks so I think that the Cowboys fans are well and truly delighted that it doesn't look like Branton Whedon will have to play for uh, quite another few weeks. <laughs> This is just on the, the point of the Dallas Cowboys. There was word on Friday that 20 Dallas Cowboys players missed the curfew uh, for the team. And then that was Friday night. And then obviously situation that the, the Cowboys said there was no curfew and so on and so forth. Which, you know, all these teams do have curfews. You have to be in by a certain time and, you know, no out later in certain times and so on and so forth. But, you know, uh, interesting here, Des Bryant obviously is looking for a contract. And the Cowboys seem to be putting out a lot of news here about... Him, you know, the the police have been at his house, I think it was six times in the last two years, and different things on and off the field, and he's signed now with Jay-Z's uh, agency's leftist farmer agent, and stuff going on again off the field, and the Cowboys are kind of saying that they're a bit worried about him, they don't want to give him as much guaranteed money, they're looking to give him a long-term deal, but with less guaranteed money every year in it, and more incentive-based stuff, and, you know, Des Bryant, I think over the last few years, has really, you know, turned his act around a few years ago, you know, there was serious, serious questions about him off the field, I think the questions now are a lot less, but... They uh, seemingly broke curfew on Friday, DJ. And are you surprised that you know uh, one of these teams that those twenty players missed the curfew? Do you think it's uh, been blown out of proportion, or do you think it's a legitimate concern for the Cowboys moving forward? I think Colin wants kind of one of the star players does it. A number of players are going to do it, and we talked about at the start of the season where the Patriots weren't playing well, but were getting results, and I'm fairly sure the guys over in the UK Cowboys fan group won't be too worried about Des Bryant and them going out and staying out after 10 o'clock if they're going to get W's on the board. Yeah, maybe they all went down. I know the Dallas Cowboys fan group were having a big uh, event last Saturday. I hope it went well for them. And maybe that uh, maybe it was Friday and Saturday night. Maybe they snuck out on Saturday night too, got down to the Dallas Cowboys fan base. Maybe that's where they all headed down. We'll have to find out of the UK Cowboys fan group if, uh, if that's really what happened. Maybe, maybe there's some truth to those rumours that we're just starting up now as we talk about them on the podcast. But... Big win, and uh, Des, I'm sure, if he was out uh, having a you know a wee while after the curfew, he, he sure <laughs> didn't show it when he was playing on Sunday, so big game from him. Rex Ryan will be happy coming into the Jets, week 11, bye week. He announced after the game victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers that Michael Vick would remain the starter, and the Jets now go to 8-2. Is there a chance of them sneaking into the playoffs? I think not. DJ, I definitely don't see them uh, sneaking into the playoffs, but you know they're sneaking away maybe from that number one overall pick that you were projecting. This was your lock of the week as uh, last week for us on the show when you predicted the Steelers win, and it was one that I wasn't as confident about. I thought the, the Jets, you know, the Steelers had two big weeks where they were putting up huge numbers on the board with uh, Ben Roethlisberger getting six TDs and two games in a row, and then the, the New York Jets were all down and out at the moment, but it was a game the Steelers haven't been as good on the road as they have been at home, both those games at home, so I think DJ uh, it was a kind of letdown spot here for the Steelers, and the Jets showed up, and Michael Vick had a, had a quite a good performance, there was two early turnovers by the Steelers that really put them in trouble, then they had a field goal attempt when they were, I think they were uh, maybe 20 points to three down, and they went for a went for a field goal, and it was missed by Swisham, so uh, some very, very strange 
parts of the game here for the Steelers, but you know, Antonio Brown had two fumbles and to refer any receiver to have two fumbles, but a man who has been so consistent over the season like Antonio Brown to have two fumbles is another one. So just a lot of stuff going against the Steelers here in a, a win for the New York Jets. I'm sure it'll, you know, give them a little bit more enjoyment for a few weeks because they, they had been on a really, really downward spike there for quite a time. So Jets get to win here and the Steelers lose again. Just on that point DJ mentioned Ben Roethlisberger getting six touchdowns uh, each week in a row for two games. Well, only took my man Aaron Rodgers one half to get those six touchdowns. So, yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers and his uh, six and one half. Moving swiftly on from Column's yet another Aaron Rodgers comment. Big win column for the Atlanta Falcons, 3-6 and six on the season. Bouncing back after their disappointing loss to the Lions in Wembley. Getting the victory over Pat Murray's. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Pat Murray probably was one of the best things about the Buccaneers in week 10. Yeah, we had to change DJ quarterback Josh McCown coming back in for Mike Lennon and, you know, uh, it, it worked for them at times but uh, overall I'm not really impressed with them all the same. I thought Matt Ryan, he's, you know, he, everyone knows his struggles on the road and they were unlucky enough against the Lions and Wembley, DJ, but it was a win here for them that, you know, we're going to talk about a score prediction for the Panthers game coming up against the Eagles towards the end of the show but if the Panthers are to lose that game the, the Atlanta Falcons would only be one game behind them uh, and the Saints for the division so you know the, the, this year puts them kind of back in it and you know three or four weeks ago that's something that I just really could not see happening so amazing here for the Falcons they still have a chance and we'll see what happens going forward but uh, on this game DJ was a close game throughout and you know Mike Evans with another another touchdown he's been impressive week in week out and there's a number of issues here for the Falcons it was a bad drop by Devin Hester in the end zone should have been a touchdown and a number of things like that but in the end they got the job done a number of field goals by Bryant and that helped them uh, to a 10 point win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season uh, is really petering out with a with a whimper. Peyton Manning column yet another average game for him only the 340 yards and five touchdowns but the big talking point in this game was Peyton Manning through two interceptions yeah, DJ, I think that could have been a talking point if he hadn't went on then and threw five touchdowns after. He started off the game with those two interceptions and, you know, we're thinking, geez, the Oakland Raiders might have a chance here that could shake things up, but uh, game then, the Broncos, you know, got back into it quite swiftly and really got it out of hand very, very quickly. The Denver Broncos, DJ, when they start to score, it seems to be like, you know, the game's close enough. Next thing, the Broncos are 20 points ahead. They seem to put down two or three touchdowns in very quick succession a lot of the time. Kind of an avalanche comes down on top of your team just once you think you have a chance against them, they have you well and truly in the in the back mirror again. And I think uh, Peyton Manning five touchdowns, you know, two interceptions. Uh, but after that, there it was all the the Peyton Manning show and a big game here by Julius Thomas at tight end again. And you know he's on course at the moment to break Randy Moss's amount of touchdowns in a single season. So fantastic season by him. He was quiet there for a couple of weeks, but he's right back on pace again. And Julius with another nice game. And you know Emmanuel Sanders has been absolutely fantastic since he joined the team. So. A lot, of, a lot of nice plays in this one, and uh, CJ Anderson took a you know a check down to Peyton Manning, and I thought he'd be lucky here to get first down. He took it home for a, a 52-yard uh, touchdown, so you know there was some some exciting plays in this too. And Derek Carr again, you know he's showing some nice stuff, and but he's just not ready to go toe to toe with one of the big guns like Peyton Manning yet. He's you know shown promise in his rookie season, but you know he got a, a late garbage time kind of put up another touchdown in this, but game was well and truly over at that stage but you know season season going along he's uh, done quite well as a as a rookie quarterback and you know just the Raiders are having a tough time of it and will they pick up a win in the in the coming weeks Marshawn Lynch column what more can I say 38 
38-17 victory for the Seahawks over the New York Giants. Yeah, we often talk, DJ, about the, the Houston JJ Watts, but we have, uh, we have a team here now in Seattle, and certainly this week he wasn't uh, getting a lot of yards on some of these on some of these runs, you know, for touchdowns, but really racked up the touchdowns in this very, very impressive by Marshawn Lynch. Four touchdowns is his career best uh, in one game, and Russell Wilson and him, you know, were very, very big threat rushing the ball out of that backfield. The two of them had 107 of the 350 rushing yards a team had, and, you know, that's the most of any team this season. It's a franchise record. It's quite amazing. Some teams struggled to put up 350 passing yards in a game, but 350 rushing yards is quite incredible. So a, a big, big game here for the running game of the Seahawks and you know the Giants didn't really uh, get it going in the second half but you know they have a player here DJ at the moment who didn't start the season for them but Odell Beckham looks like he's really a superstar in the making and absolutely terrific and out of his routes he's catching everything that goes his way he was being covered by Richard Sherman for the majority of this game and you know he, he really was uh, winning that matchup a lot of the time so Eli Manning's got a, a real real big target there and well not big height wise but big and talent wise and uh, Odell Beckham who's really really impressed me in the, the last few games since he he came into the came into the team and uh, have to say, possible late runner here for the for the rookie of the year, especially in the offensive side of the ball. So Odell Beckham definitely one to watch in the coming seasons, and he could be uh, he could be one of the kind of top targets next year in fantasy football. And calling the final recap game of the week, the Arizona Cardinals getting a thirty-one fourteen victory against the St. Louis Rams in Glendale, Arizona. The Cardinals now eight and one in the season with. A 5-0 and home record. Yeah, they're going brilliant at home, DJ. But, you know, the major talking point coming out of this is Carson Palmer. And he exited with 11 minutes left in the game. And it looks like a torn ACL for him. He tore the same ACL uh, when he was with the Bengals. And, you know, he signed a new contract with them. I think it was 10 days before he injured his ACL that time. And now he signed a contract. We recorded our show, DJ, on Thursday. Signed a new contract on Friday. Got injured on Sunday. So even between our two shows, he signed a contract. And now, unfortunately for him and the team, picked up this injury, which has ended his season. And uh, it's very, very disappointing from a player who, you know, he had the shoulder injury at the start of the year with a nerve problem. And he had been looking very good since he came back again. And, you know, people were starting to talk about, could he take this team, you know, to the Super Bowl? We were even talking about it last week on the podcast. And uh, I asked Ross Tucker about it, the Cardinals. Could they be the first team to play in a home Super Bowl and win it? And, you know, just this issue now, DJ puts a lot of pressure on them. Drew Stanton came into the game, and you know it was all square. They were just—I think there were three points behind when he came in. But the uh, the Cardinals, you know, it looks easy now, thirty-one fourteen. But at the time, they were really struggling to move the ball against the St. Louis Rams. And uh, I have to say, Drew Stanton came in and threw an absolute bomb of a touchdown down to John Brown, who has been sensational and a really, really a massive touchdown grab from him, which put them into the lead. And then. You know, Austin Davis got a lot of pressure in his face. He got hit a number of times, and he threw two pick sixes, which, uh, or he threw one pick six to Patrick Peterson, sorry, and then he threw, uh, or he got a forced fumble, which was recovered and taken in for a touchdown by Antonio Cromartie. So, tough, tough final few minutes of the game for Austin Davis, but a, a big, big win here for the Cardinals. But we're going to have to see now what happens with uh, Drew Stanton and the team, and, you know, best wishes to Carson Palmer, but it doesn't look like he's going to play again this season. So, it'll be interesting to get any Cardinals fans' thoughts on. Twitter uh, as to see how they how far they think they can go now with Drew Stanton but really off to flyer and this division still in their hands so it'll be interesting to see going forward what happens Larry Fitzgerald having a, a fantastic year as well for them and he's you know he's having a really really hot streak at the minute and I'd say he'll be heading back to the Pro Bowl this year but you know just the main talking point and all the Arizona Cardinals fans will be uh, on Carson Palmer and what the quarterback change is going to happen now, or what the quarterback change is going to affect the team now moving forward Well, okay, I'm assuming after the game Bruce Arians said that he thinks 
Drew Stanton will be able to take the Cardinals to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately for Bruce Arians, I think he's been more optimistic than realistic. I think if they had a, had Carson Palmer for the rest of the season, they might have had a good chance of going all the way, but I think it's going to be too big of a blow for them to still make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, the Cardinals need, as it stands now, two-game lead on the Seahawks in that division and a three-game lead on the 49ers. They're 8-1, Seahawks 6-3, and three, and then we have the, the 49ers at 5-4. and four. So, you know, still a two-game lead, so still possibly make the playoffs and they should win that division. But, you know, it's uh, after you get into the playoffs, where you go then? That's the, that's the major issue for the Cardinals in this one. Just to get a run, need to talk in the playoffs, to get a run through the playoff picture at the minute. AFC side of it, your Patriots look to be the team at the minute set to get that number one overall seed and get the bye week. The Broncos as well in there, so you know you have your regular contenders there. You have the Bengals, DJ, in there, sixth seed, and uh, Chiefs, fifth seed, Colts, third seed, and the Browns, fourth seed. So it'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks, DJ, with the, the Browns and the Bengals. The Bengals are losing that game, and you know, the Ravens and the Steelers both in the hunt. So it'll be interesting to see going forward which of those teams can make it in. There's four of them they're really in the hunt at the moment we'll see which one or two of them possibly get in also in the hunt the Chargers who are on a bye week and we also have the Bills there who we talked about and they're now playing Thursday night football DJ against the Miami Dolphins so that's going to be a massive massive game both of them at five and four in the minute so that should be a very interesting one to watch also on the NFC side the side that I'm particularly interested in we mentioned the Cardinals they're looking for first seed we have the Lions in second place for the second seed and then we have the Eagles prior to tonight's game in the third seed we have the Saints now in the fourth seed somehow at a four and five record it just shows how poor that division's going at the moment then fifth seed is the Dallas Cowboys seven and three and they have their bye week coming up and the Seahawks next with six and three and sixth place we also have in the hunt the Green Bay Packers the San Francisco 49ers the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers so you know a lot of teams here amazing the Carolina Panthers three five and one and still in the hunt so it'll be interesting to see moving forward who gets in but you know, uh, at the moment, I'm particularly worried about what the Lions are doing. They're very, very impressive at the moment. They have that tiebreaker over the Packers. So we'll see going forward what happens, you know, in that division. But, you know, one of those two teams is going to be a serious contender. And I expect both of them to make the playoffs. One as the division winner, one as a wild card. So we'll see who is in which position come the end of the season. But lots of twists and turns, DJ, I'm sure to come. And uh, we think we know what's going to happen. And uh, as we look each and every week with the, the major shocks around the league, everyone was tipping the Saints and they lose to the Niners. Everyone tipping the... Steelers, they lose to the Jets, so we'll see what big shocks come next week. We'll be back to preview the weekend's games, DJ, coming up for week 11, and that'll be coming out late Thursday, early Friday. And now we're hoping to be joined by Aaron Coscalario of NFL AM and the NFL Network to, to preview those games. And we had her on a, about two months back, and it was great to talk about some of the games with her, so we'll have her back on and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to her for Friday's show. So any questions you have for her or any of the games coming up, do tweet them to us at Overtime Ireland. So DJ Monday Night Football coming up and I mentioned some of the playoff implications for it earlier and uh, we have the Carolina Panthers heading to face the Philadelphia Eagles. Mark Sanchez starting a quarterback your old buddy Mark Sanchez. How do you think this game's going to go DJ? This is one of the games that I picked that I thought there could be an upset in this game, an upset special and uh, I'm definitely going with that gut feeling and I'm going to take a win for the Panthers here. I think it'll be something like 24-21 to the Carolina Panthers in this one. How do you see it going? I think you know, we've seen Mark Sanchez, and it'll be interesting to see how he fits in now in the scheme when he's starting the game. And I think they'll be trying to run the ball with Darren Sproles to Sean McCoy, trying to get some screen passes to them. But it'll be interesting to see in the offensive and defensive line how it works. The Panthers were incredibly poor on Thursday night football when they played against the New Orleans Saints two weeks ago, and or just late last week, we'll say, 10 days ago around. And uh, 
I don't think they can be that bad again. I think they'll have uh, worked some of those kinks out. I think we'll have a big game from Kelvin Benjamin. I think they'll get the run game going a bit more with Jonathan Stewart. They'll try to get a bit of pressure off Cam, and then I think his accuracy has to be better than it was. It was absolutely atrocious in Thursday night football. So uh, I, I'm going to go away here for a, for a win for an arrow win for the, the Panthers on the road. Yeah, Colin, I'm going to agree with you with a Panthers win, but I'm going to go with a 21 to 17 victory for the Panthers. Yeah, so both under around the kind of same score projections, close enough. So I think we're both going for an arrow one there for the for the Panthers, and maybe we'll both be wrong. But I, I, f- I have a fairly strong feeling on this one. And I think we're going to see a Panthers uh, victory here. We have our competition, as we mentioned, the closest to correct score at the time of recording. We just unfortunately haven't got to go through all the competition entries to pick out that correct score. But stay tuned to the Twitter feed. We'll be tweeting that out to, to whoever wins the OTI t-shirt this week. And we'll have another competition coming up next weekend. As always, thanks for listening to the show. Do rate, follow, subscribe, or whatever you want to do on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen to it on. Download on multiple devices. Keep spreading the word on social media. It is much, much, much appreciated, and we do thank you for it. So, DJ, until we're back with that preview show later in the week, I guess all that's left to say is, I'm Colm. And I'm DJ. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.